Welcome everybody to the Patreon for Gaming Guide, and thank you guys again for being a part of us here behind the paywall. Um, Andrew here as usual, and Mike. All right, thanks everybody for listening. And we are going to talk about PlayStation 1 uh, yeah. memories and the top three games, and I gotta tell you, man, this was one of the hardest to do <laughs> for me, because I think what 16-bit yeah. was for you 32-bit mm -hmm. was for me and not that i love 3d like way more than 16-bit but mm -hmm. when the ps5 came out in 95 i was born in 84 so i was 11 and yeah. so 11 12 13 i'm going from like pre-teen years to my teenage years and it's just a real great spot right. for gaming for me and it's the right. ps1 and look at that library you know that that age range you know that's that's a huge one and, and i would say that's about the time that the genesis hit for me you know right so right yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah. i was thinking about that when we were doing this list and like it, it was just like i don't know that's i guess i'll jump into my ps memory and then you can uh <laughs> Yeah, it's we'll, definitely we'll a hard one. I will say, like, uh, you know, let folks know right off the bat, you know, and I will talk about this more, but one of my, my major criteria here for consideration would be, like, do I still love this? Do I still want to play this? Do I go back right. to this? <laughs> and if I'm answering yes to all those questions, then it's, it's a consideration for the list. So there's a lot yeah. of great stuff on the PS1 that, like, was huge and hit really hard for me at the time but just didn't stay with me. I can see what you mean. Um, mm -hmm. I think a good example of that for me on, well, this is a Saturn game, but like Clockwork Night. Mm -hmm. It was, a, it was <laughs> yeah. a good game, but I remember when I first played it, it had like really great animations, which at the time, and they were, yeah. and it was really blew me away, but I've never really gone back and played it. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Knights is kind of the same way. I mean, I go back and play Knights sometimes, but yeah. it's, uh, you know, right. I, I can't think of anything off the bat for PS1 for that. But yeah, there was a lot of like kind of junk on the system, but a lot of <laughs> looking back doing this list, it was yeah. like there's so many heavy hitters that still to this day right. um, yeah, have an impact on gaming. Absolutely. It's, it's just the huge. It's like the really the... The beginnings of uh, the 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 sort of cinematic approach to gaming. It's like we know that Ninja Gaiden was there with its cinematics on the NES. We know that there was some stuff here and there with like the uh, Turbo Graphics CD-ROM and all that stuff. But the PlayStation is what really made it work, made it stick. Right. Yeah. Everything kind of came together at that point, and it kind of it kind of came out of nowhere. Like if if you were you were probably <laughs> following up in the magazines and stuff. You know, people were aware of the Saturn and N64 mm -hmm. imminent rise. And so we had only known Sega and Nintendo up until that point. But then PlayStation just kind of dominates out of the gate. Yeah, it was kind of amazing. It was a, it was a crazy scene. <laughs> I'll let you get started, though. Like, tell us a little bit about how you okay. got going with this PlayStation 1. Because obviously, you know, okay. you're at a younger age, but you are with the magazines and also. How do you get going with this? What were your okay. earliest memories and all? 
So we were coming off of Super Nintendo and Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. We know it was coming. There was a what was the Are You Red E stuff in the magazines for PS One's launch? Yeah, yeah, I remember, remember that? that with uh, what's her face, the the one with the whip from Toshinden. I can't remember her name. No one remembers her name. Yeah, (laughs) Toshinden was his big launch title. And I guess I did get it like... No, I don't know if I got it right at launch. I might have gotten the Saturn first because it was... I don't know, actually. Anyway, I got it. But I remember that I had bought somehow with birthday money or something like a few games. Mm -hmm. I had never done this before. I I had like three or four games before I even had the system. <laughs> wow. That Just is an, very weird. In anticipation. I had one called Crazy Ivan, which yeah, was like... Yeah, that was like a tank game, wasn't it? Like a mech kind of thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, And Jumping Flash, which time mm-hmm. has totally forgotten, but that was a pretty cool game. <laughs> uh, I, I do remember it, yeah. There was a sequel too, so it must have sold something. But what else? I can't remember, but um, I remember, oh, I probably got it for my birthday because I remember I had a birthday party and we had this like above ground pool and it was new to us at the time. And my Mm -hmm. mom was telling me to go play in the pool with the other kids. And I didn't (laughs) want to because all I wanted to do was play the fucking PS1. Yeah. And fucking, uh, there, somebody else's mom was there and she was like, I remember this. She was like, oh, they're in CDs now. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, the gaming is in CDs now. And she was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, and they were good looking. Those black CDs. Were, yeah, the black CDs were cool. And the, mm. they had the big case at first, but yeah, those uh, big cases. I, I, I really like them. I think that they're a terrible idea. But I didn't really mm-hmm. like them. There's kind of a joy to it because I, you know, I was buying CDs as well. You know, listening yeah. to music, and for a long time, CDs had the really long boxes that were the same height as a record. As we made that shift from records to CDs, yeah. So they and I used to cut up the boxes and put them up on my wall as like posters, basically of the albums nice. I was buying. So I, I definitely had a soft spot for the large boxes, but there it was the right decision to get away from them. <laughs> They're probably too costly and stuff, you know, yeah. so it's a waste of shelf space, everything, just everything about it. I understand. Yeah. And what else can I say, man? I mean, we didn't know just how good it would be. <laughs> like it was just, <laughs> it was just so good, man. I mean, the PS one is up there with super Nintendo for me is mm. like one of the best systems of all time. Mm. Um, and then, uh, I don't know what would be right after that. I would say the Switch is up there. Honestly, the Switch is a great system. Hmm. Um, but uh, I'm not sure what else I can say about it, man. I mean, it was did Did anyone else great. have it around you? Were you the first one to end up getting it? How did you get the system itself? You, you say you bought these games leading up to it. Birthday was the system, hmm. I believe. I'm not sure how I got the money for the games. <laughs> but... Cause I was like 11. Mm. Uh, but what else? The no, I don't think many people had it at first. I did have one friend that had, that got it like maybe right after me. Mm-hmm. He was 
well, we'll get to that story later, but, um, and yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough to remember those things when you're that age, you know, it just kind of all blurs together. I know, I know how it It, is. Absolutely. (laughs) It's easier to remember like the gameplay times rather than like the actual initial getting of the system Mm -hmm. at, at times, like other than it was at my birthday and the pool thing. I don't remember too much. I remember one time a little bit later on when I had a Saturn and a mm-hmm. PlayStation on my shelf. I had like, you know, PlayStation, Saturn, TV, right? Like a mm-hmm. triple thing. And uh, one guy was over to like, he was like a construction worker dude or something like to help mm-hmm do something with the flooring or some shit. I can't even remember what he was there for, but he was like, he told me, Hey, can you move that junk? And I was thinking in my kid brain, I was like, junk, this is a Saturn (laughs) and a PlayStation. Are you kidding me? You know? So yeah, that's, that's the attitude we were dealing with. Yeah. 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 It was just total and complete nonsense to him, Um, which is fine. That's, that's how he grew up. He didn't grow up. (laughs) Well, he didn't grow up with that shit at all. So, uh, yeah, what about you, man? You were slightly older. You so were yeah, I I was in high school. I was um I was a junior in high school, and you know what? I you know I didn't have money. I really didn't have much money. Whatever money I had at the time was coming from you know birthdays and Christmas. It was chump change for the most part, and so I didn't know anything about it. We weren't at the magazine like the stuff online wasn't really happening yet. I think yeah. it was in my senior year that I first saw videogames.com advertising a magazine. And I was like, yo, I can read this on the internet. Right, right, right. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I would get a, I would get a magazine maybe like twice a year or something. Like I'd get, I'd go home to stay with fa- my family and they'd take me to a bookstore and I'd go read what whatever was on the shelves and maybe pick out one thing that was awesome. And I'd be, take that home. But the PlayStation, it just kind of snuck up on me, man. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't, I don't think I knew anyone who really had it. I think maybe, yeah, I think I was the first one of, of almost everybody to have it. And that nobody was bringing it from overseas at the time. You know, they, uh, later on, some of the students, you know, it was an international school, like we're bringing it over with them. But at the time, nobody I knew had it. I went into we used to have these like vans that would leave in the mornings on Saturdays and stuff or Friday evenings. And they would take you to different places around uh, the school. So like not, not around the school itself, but around the areas. So like you could take a trip to the mall or you could go to um, South street in Philly. Like I can remember I was like 13. I go on this van down to South street in Philly and just go run around for like the whole day. And then they're like, yeah, I'd be back at the pickup van at five o'clock. You were in Philly for high school, right? Uh, it was, it wasn't Philly proper. It was like a suburb of it, you know, but it was close enough. It was like a 25 minute drive into Philly. This is the boarding school. Yeah. Yeah. We get on that van and it's just like, shoot the breeze for a little bit. And we're already there and we're going to check out the record shops in South street or whatever. Well, there were a bunch of rich kids there and shit. Yeah. There were definitely some rich kids too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, I was, uh, I was on a scholarship, you know, but Uh, all the international students, uh, aside from like two of them that were like Royal Thai scholars were on, uh, they were paying in full and stuff and they had a really strong ESL program. And of course the other students are part of that, uh, language program, you know, cause it's just right. the social aspect. Right, but, right, right. Uh, 
yeah so it was definitely it's it's a it's a good school uh i love it i i owe so much to it um but yeah it's expensive <laughs> i was lucky that it worked out well for me but yeah so we would go on these little vans and stuff for events on the weekends and i went to the mall and uh I, I used to love going to the mall to go hit up the music shops and the uh, video game stores. And I go in and they had, they had this stuff. And I was just like, what is this? And I'm looking, you didn't at even know it was coming out. I didn't know anything about it. There you was know? like a, to, in my mind, there was a huge ramp up to it because it was, it was an imp impending console launch. And like, uh, it was in all the magazines. I mean, look, look at this. Well, that's, Look at this. Yeah, that's the thing, though. The looming video game wars of 1995. <laughs> you know, they talk about, like, fucking all that shit. This is Next Generation, but EGM was covering it. It was, in my in my mind, it was, like, mm. definitely, like, a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember thinking for a while, this is in my freshman year, like, oh, these other systems are looking cool. They're really expensive. Nobody's buying me anything anymore, really. Like once I hit uh -huh. high school, I'm not, I don't get presents. I don't get presents for my birthday. I don't get presents for Christmas or anything like that. So I understand. It's yeah. just kind of like, what am I going to do? I don't really have many options. So I'm borrowing things from friends, you know, whatever we can play together. I go to friends' houses. And of course, yeah. I'm at a boarding school. We don't have mobile phones. We don't have internet. We don't have any information. Can't even have a TV. <laughs> So okay. like it's it's I'm really out of the loop basically. So I hop on this thing and I go to the store and I check it out. And I, I think it might have been they had like some advanced stuff, but the system itself wasn't ready yet or something. And I just was like, this is pretty cool. And they were doing a promotion where it was like if you traded in your Genesis with three games and your Super Nintendo or your Super Nintendo with three games, you could get a hundred dollars off. And it was like a three hundred dollar launch price. I haven't checked what that is adjusted for inflation, but it's a lot, especially when you're yeah. a high school kid with like no. Oh money. yeah, it's fucking impossible. Yeah. But I had a childhood of receiving many games as gifts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I turned them all in. I basically took my Genesis, my um, my Super Nintendo, the three games, each of them, so that I could hit two hundred dollars. And then I traded in everything else I had, all the other games, controllers, whatever I had. And I got up to like just under $300. So in order to get all these things, what happened was I had to call home on the payphone <laughs> to, oh to have family come and drop them all off. So I was at the mall with family, one of the few times they ever came to see me at the school, you know? And yeah. uh yeah, like I think my grandfather shelled out like the additional 20 bucks or something so I could get um, uh, another controller, which was a Mad Cats controller. I had never heard of them. And then when I got it home, I wished I had never heard of them. It was yeah, a disgusting cats. piece of crap. Yeah, um, they're terrible. My my mother was like, you know what? Why don't we get you something here? Um, you know, we'll get you a game. And so I picked out a game with it. And obviously, what was I going to go for? Something 2D, of course. So <laughs> I picked out Rayman. <laughs> You're the only person I know that ever fucking played Rayman, dude. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was an absolutely beautiful, uh, beautiful piece of software there. Uh, uh, again, the real quick, great. with the magazines, Rayman mm. was 
like advertised to hell and back in all of the magazines I remember. It was <laughs> like it felt like they were they had like the biggest campaign cut to I didn't know a single soul that had that game or even if even <laughs> heard of it. I mean, you you're the first person, really. Yeah, so I was excited because I was like, yo, these graphics are amazing. This looks beautiful. And this is new hardware. This is going to run it so well. You know, yeah. I'm coming from like the days of playing games on PCs where you have like the turbo button to be like, yeah, we're running at 24 megahertz now. This is power. <laughs> so I thought the PlayStation was going to kick ass, you know, and then I got Rayman and it was beautiful. Um but it had a lot of slowdown. <laughs> and I remember I just I almost wanted to cry. I was like, how is this machine slowing down? How is this not handling what looks to be a Super Nintendo game, but a little better? And I just paid all my money, gave up everything I had to get a hold of this. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, you gave up everything for Rayman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's the saddest thing i've heard in a while <laughs> oh god it was just and that game was difficult too and so yeah. like i'm playing this game and i'm like yeah it's really cool man you know and it's just kicking my ass it's really tough and, and i i ended up hating the sound design to this day i don't like the sound design like i want to play rayman games because i think that they're well designed i think the graphics are nice, uh, but I can't deal with the sound. I, I hate the sound in those games. And it's not it's not any sort of trauma from that experience. It's just like, no, I think that sound is bad. I don't like it. Bub it's really Bubsy was like the worst 3D. Well, that, I guess Rayman's 2D, but like, no, Bubsy <laughs> was 2D at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that's yeah. like one of the most, that's one of the worst. They keep bringing it back. And I guess <laughs> dumb people keep buying it or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was a Bubsy this, 3D. Tim Rogers made a video. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Rogers made a video about Bubsy 3D, and it was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so my there first was a Jaguar. Show. There was a Jaguar Rayman. It was on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rayman, and I remember seeing too. This is you know well after the fact that like. The reason Rayman has those floating limbs is that there wasn't enough RAM or something in the system to handle the 2D graphics of a full sprite. So they decided to try something unique and that's how they did it. And it was, it, you know, over the lifespan of the PlayStation, I would learn a very hard lesson that that thing was not designed for 2D graphics. And it, right. it hurt. <laughs> right, right, right. That really, really hurt me. Do you remember the second game you got? You know, I try to remember, but like, I, I feel like the second game I got, the, the second game I actually have a clear memory of, like I played other games, like someone had Toshinden or whatever. And I remember thinking, this is hot garbage. Like, I don't even understand what they're getting at here. Like, I remember all, it was like that they had like shiny, sparkly graphics. That was the new thing with Toshinden. Me. it just well it was it was a 3d fighting game i thought the graphics were terrible i was like what is this this, this like he's made of like two squares this looks disgusting what'd you think about um uh virtual fighter on saturn i didn't like virtual fighter on saturn i had never played it in the arcade the first time i played okay. it on the saturn was with a friend of mine uh who got it and i went to go hang out with him down at his place in manhattan and uh you know the 
the gravity was very strange in Virtua Fighter. Oh yeah, very I know. I know. Floaty. I know. Um, why they, and I can why remember doing a like jump. That? I did a jump, and I was just like, you know, I'm thinking Street Fighter. You know, this is the pacing of a jump, and I was just like, yo, this guy Kage or whatever is like floating in the air for his, the same length of like three jumps with the Street Fighter character. It's supposed to be the mo one of the more realistic games too, but the jump was like, what the hell? <laughs> but I I liked Virtua Fighter, but uh, I asked because that was a real blocky look as well. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? We'll, we'll another day. We'll definitely talk about the Saturn, but like for me, leading off with 3D was the wrong move for the Saturn because I was just like, "Well, where's my cool 2D stuff?" The PlayStation comes along and they're like, "Here's Rayman," and I'm like, "Yeah, here we go." Oh, that did not work out well. <laughs> I think, but the first I... game that I remember buying, other than Rayman was big this was an interesting one okay it was resident evil oh yeah well that was that was killer yeah i think that was one of the games i had before the system came out before i got the system <laughs> that was really interesting i remember we at, there was no van or anything from the school to go to this place there was a, a shopping center it, i don't even know the distance now i would probably say it was at least two miles maybe three um but i walked there with well, what little money i had with a plan to get a PlayStation game. And I had no magazines, no info, no nothing. I went there and I looked around and I saw Resident Evil and I was like, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for this. And I, I enjoyed it. And I remember having people come around, you know, in my dorm room to check it out and stuff. And I would bring it to the other room of the prefect there and be like, yo, put this on, check this out. This is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely weird for me. It was a weird experience because I went into this thinking I was buying next gen super duper powerhouse for 2D graphics and it it shit the bed when it came to running Rayman with slowdown all over the place. But wow. then something like Resident Evil came along and I was like, this is really interesting. This is really cool. And I loved the goofy FMV and everything. Like Oh yeah. 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 So Resident Evil, as difficult as I found it. As awkward as I found those 3D graphics, you know, to some extent, I was impressed. That's where I was like, okay, we got something here. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't waste my money. Yeah, you bought one of those iconic systems of all time. So don't, don't worry about it too much. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of the best. Uh, so do you want to get into the uh, our picks now? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay, so right. uh, like other episodes, we're going to do our top three with honorable mentions. And at the honor honorable mentions part, we will do a little recap. Uh, and I'll start off that way, Mike. You can end it. Okay. I think, I think I like it whenever you end it. Uh, so right. uh, here we go. We're going to add this to stream. This is my number three pick. It's Tenchu, everybody. <laughs> Tenchu Stealth Assassins is, my third, is the top three game for me. And again, this was... Probably the yeah. hardest list I've had to make. Um, I'm telling you, on a different day, a different week, mm -hmm. I might have a different list. Okay. Yeah, this is, it's, this is what I'm thinking definitely. Now. Yeah. yeah, PlayStation's hard. It was such a. It was a long-lasting system with a great library and so many seminal works. <laughs> exactly. And as much as like I sometimes agree with you on 3D and like not as good as 2D, but like this is one of those times where it's just like ah 3D's fucking ninja stealth games fucking yeah. rules it's easier than uh 
the AI is a lot dumber than Metal Gear, so I can just kind of have fun with it and not pay attention <laughs> too much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so and the music was great. We've covered this on another episode, but uh, it was just kind of great in every way. I'm not sure if I ever beat it because I think it got hard. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it was bloody too, and like you could kill somebody from the back, and it had kind of a little bit of cheesiness to it. But the moves and everything were mostly real-ish there was no magic spells or anything and uh it was just it was just a real breath of fresh air to have a fucking stealth game that was a Mm -hmm. great ninja game you know yeah yeah it was definitely really impressive you know i had a good friend in college we're still good friends uh, and and we were both really excited about this and he bought it and so you know i got to save a little money on that we got to play together and all and it just it, even the cheesy stuff like we didn't really even regard it as cheesy because we were so overwhelmed with how cool it was to be playing right, 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 like, right, right. It, it could be the worst voice acting the worst writing it didn't matter we were just like yo this is awesome we are stealth right. assassins <laughs> exactly <laughs> setting the um like a poison rice for the lord to eat and and choke on was one of my favorite moves yeah. Um, man, looking at the graphics here in the video, it looks so rough, but yeah, oh yeah, so so great at the time. I can, I can, even though we're not listening to it, I can hear this. <laughs> yeah, uh, the grappling hook, the way yeah. that reels in and everything, all that shit. It had kind of an interesting um sound library and it, it controlled really well. The music, you would want to buy the soundtrack to this because it had like a orchestral slash but had a voice and like actual singing yeah it was it was quality stuff the the cd really helped with the sound quality on everything like it just oh yeah obviously it was it was the next logical step and it was pretty badass it was great i mean i struggled to find anything wrong with this game i mean sometimes games like this the 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 controls would be clunky but this game was pretty tight so uh, I, you know what it felt all right at the time to go back to it now it definitely feels clunky but like it was before it, we really codified sort of the third person action controls right know? right right like halo was something to really make a uh, strides in that direction right like, right right yeah we're gonna start to now have our games all follow this hugely popular thing and and then from there we'll start to all start speaking the same language right 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 and i think that like there's there's not the mention of shinobi or ninja in anywhere it's like they really wanted to differentiate themselves from other ninja mm. games oh i you know, remember that yeah that has stealth assassins in the in it and you can see that it's a ninja but mm-hmm. uh i don't know and like as you see here this whole like scrolling japanese calligraphy also and and everything here uh, yeah. just really like like in other ninja games, it would be kind of like there'd be like robots and shit like that. But this was like we're gonna be <laughs> a little bit more historical and it just felt really like Japanese, you know, which I always loved. Yeah. So yeah, Great. it was such an impressive game. It really was. We 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 thoroughly loved this game. And I my friend was like, Oh, I have to get Grandmaster. I have to replay these levels and get Grandmaster. I was just like, Well, I'm just gonna try and make it through because it's not my copy of the game. But yeah but yeah i was definitely tempted on a lot of occasions to go back and do grandmaster for them because i just i loved it loved playing it loved exploring loved those stealth kills there was one 
Yeah, yeah, I did too. There, there was one time I went over to a friend's house and he had it, and then um, he said he couldn't get past a level or something, so he let me play it. And I was like really meticulous with this game. I really <laughs> got into this game. I usually kind of am, am a bull in a china shop with mm -hmm. games a lot of the time, you know, arcade experience, all that kind of yeah. shit. But yeah, with this you. game, <laughs> but with this game, I was like really uh, into being a ninja. So yeah, uh, if you want to role play the ninja, that's how you do it. Yeah, and he he was like, "Wow, you play this differently than I do." <laughs> I usually just walk up, and I was like, <laughs> I was just getting stealth, you know, stealth, 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 stealth kill, you know, mm -hmm. kill after kill. So I was I was able to grandmaster a few levels for sure. Maybe not all of them, but. This is just, I was just so into this one. It was so, so mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, and, you know, we still, we've, we've talked about this, you know, on other occasions there, but I really do want to see more with this game done nowadays. Oh, this God. Style. So Sekiro is, is like the spiritual successor, which is cool, but it's, I would just like a, a like a straightforward tension game brought about some, you know, well, some way. like I played Sekiro and like, I didn't feel anything like Tenchu to it. I just really didn't. I felt like I was playing when they call it one of those souls games. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I was like, I don't want to play a souls game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are tough. I did love Elden Ring though, but uh, mm. yeah. Um, one of the best, again, this was extremely tough. Might have a different list on a different day. Um, all right. So <laughs> yeah. going on to your number three pick, Mike. All right. If it'll work, let's see. Come on, here we go. <laughs> All right, Silent Hill is my number three. Now, Silent Hill is such an interesting game series in how much mind share I really do give it, outsized compared to the actual amount of playtime. It's it's in there. It's like this game is in my heart and soul and I have played it probably for a total I'd say Silent Hill 1 I probably played for a total of about 14 or 15 hours which would include multiple playthroughs to get the different endings in 1998 yeah yeah <laughs> 97 so this is another one where my that same friend who got Tenchu uh, bought this game and I didn't know about it and he got it and I was just like, hey, this seems really cool. And he was like, well, I'm playing this other thing. Do you want to borrow this for a little while? And I took it and man, I just disappeared from the world. <laughs> I was in my roommate at that time. This was sophomore year of college. My roommate at the time had these really awesome giant speakers, you know, back in the day. And that's how you did for music and all. <laughs> they were yeah. probably about probably about three and a half feet high. Uh, by about a foot and a half wide each. So I yeah. had them all set up with our TV because, you know, I was watching movies and stuff on there. VHS represent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's this game took advantage of the like pseudo surround sound of those speakers. So like there would be these little flying demons in the beginning and I could I could feel them behind me. And it really helped with the immersion of this game. Because oh at that time, nobody was really doing surround sound headphones or anything like that. You had a unique experience with this game at the time. Yeah. No, no one so had I was speakers like, like that. 
I was just sitting there in the middle of the room. I had moved my, my desk chair over directly in front of the TV where I could feel like the sound was just right. And I played the hell out of this game. Now, this game definitely got a huge boost from my freshman year of college, which is when I got into Twin Peaks. So okay. I went to, there's, there was a little record shop um, pretty close to the school, the closest to the school you could be for a store, right? So I walked down there, it was probably a mile and a half or something. And they had a junk bin where the CDs were like one to $3 and they were all scratched up and, but there was a listening station. So you could check it and see like, yeah, I'll, I'll get this. And there was a Twin Peaks soundtrack in there. And I was like, oh, you know what? I, I remember hearing about this show and it seemed kind of cool, but like I never really caught it when I was younger. So I popped the CD in, I started listening. I heard like 30 seconds and I was like, this is, this is the dopest shit I've ever heard. Jesus Christ, I'm getting I'm getting the fuck up out of here with the CD right now. My brother has a Twin Peaks tattoo, man. <laughs> He's super into it. I, I never got into David Lynch. I need I need oh. a straightforward story. Oh, uh, yeah, sure as hell ain't going to get that with him. But if you do yeah. want it, there is one actually called The Straight Story, and that is a very good movie. And it's about an old guy who needs to go visit his sick brother, but he can't drive, so he takes his tractor across the country. It's That's a, a Lynch straightforward film? story. Yep. It's so very, he's literally fucking with the audience. Like, I made you a straight one for you, idiots. <laughs> and he called it the straight story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called the straight story. So, yeah, he wow. can do it. It's like Picasso, right? Picasso could paint, like, these amazing traditional arts, right? All the different styles and everything. He could emulate them beautifully. And he was like, but that's not what I want to do. I'm doing this. <laughs> and that's that's how Lynch rolls. He's creating dream logic, right, in his works, like Twin Peaks. And when Is I heard there a that straightforward music... story in Silent Hill, though, no, no, oh, there's definitely. not. No. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, it's not straightforward, absolutely oh, I, not. I did not know that. Okay, <laughs> so this is the thing, right? Like Twin Peaks sort of sets the groundwork for me. And when I played Silent Hill, so I let me backpedal a second here. I heard that music, I loved it. I told a friend at the college that I loved this, and he was like, Oh, I like that show too. I taped all the episodes off of Bravo. Do you want to borrow them? And I watched them like straight through, binge the hell out of them with a bunch of friends. There was a whole crew of us watching Twin so, Peaks that year. Can you ex explain to me quickly why people, <laughs> I'm not sounding like a jerk, but like why, is it, the, is it the atmosphere? Like what, What? I tried to watch the first episode and it's just like, you get to the point where the the yeah, the, the red little people are talking and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Now, you watched the the original series. Like the 88 series or this, the Showtime thing? The, the original one. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to tell you. The, the answer is everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get so, it. So first of all, like there's, there's a murder mystery, which is yeah. always engaging. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's like the unknowable. There's the sort of supernatural, the unanswered questions that you have. You have. The characterization being so strong and so playful. Like, I think that this is where I think Mark Frost, who was like the co-creator, co-writer, uh, I think this was probably more his stamp on it was sort of the sort of joy of the interactions between characters like the special agent Dale Cooper and um, and uh, what's his face? Sheriff Harry Truman and all that. So it's just like it also had a whole lot of oddness to it little quirks and stuff but they were just out of the ordinary enough to not really be like oh this is really strange instead they were like 
Huh. Okay. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. That's really kind of. I don't know, man. It's one of those things that my brother was has always been into, and like I'm just like. Yeah, I guess I've never. I'm here, like I've never had occasion to try to explain this because I've always thought, like Jesus Christ, this is amazing. This is exactly what I want. (laughs) It it strikes a chord with people. It's not. It's not straightforward. It's, yeah. it's definitely, it taps into the otherworldly, but there's so much that is grounded and straightforward in the character interactions, the dialogue, the conversations, whatever, yeah. that really makes it feel like there's an attachment now to these characters. I understand them. I, I feel for them. And I think that, I think that it has been a huge influence, obviously, in Japan and Japanese culture at large, and it was a huge influence on Silent Hill. So there, there. You're right about that. Supposedly, it was big in first run in Japan, and mm-hmm. even it inspired a little bit of the Zelda Game Boy game because they were making that game when it was big in Japan. Because it's <laughs> because that game he's having a dream, right? Right. There's a little bit of dream logic in there, so there's a little bit of David Lynch in that fucking Game Boy game. Believe it or not. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I I played that not too long ago and I didn't think about the connection there, the time frame, because my first time actually playing Link's Awakening was on the Switch. Oh yeah, that was part of my Zelda Renaissance. I I bought that and beat the shit out of that. Nice. Yeah. But Silent Hill also takes some musical cues from Twin Peaks. And so the the opening song, like I heard the opening song to this game and I was just hooked. And I was like, you've got me for however long this takes. We're working this out. <laughs> that, <laughs> that music was amazing. To this day, Silent Hill is the only soundtrack that I went out to buy. Like I imported that soundtrack and I never did that sort of thing. I never so bought video like, game soundtracks. I never did You like creepy music. music? Yes. I like gotcha. creepy music. I like industrial music, industrial okay. sounds and all that. But like the most effective songs in Silent Hill are much earthier, much more grounded. They they sound much more natural than that. Um, I'll send you on some things to check out. <laughs> but the opening okay. of Silent Hill, I think, is one of the strongest openings to any game I've ever seen. I, dude, I think I rented this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I liked it okay, but I never bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I remember thinking, I remember understanding the difference though okay resident evil is a cop but mm-hmm. this you're a normal guy when he picks resident, up the, yeah when he picks up the gun he barely knows how to use it yeah right i so i remember thinking about those differences when i played it and the fog mm-hmm. the fog is like almost a character in this game mm-hmm. whereas in resident evil at least that first one you, you could not help but to compare these two games at least right. for me yeah. And like there was, I don't remember there being any fog in Resident Evil. So like the, the fog enhanced an atmosphere for mm-hmm. Silent Hill, but I never beat it. I probably never played it more than an hour. As I know it's changed a lot of people's lives. People love the movie too. Apparently the movie isn't bad. I, you know, I saw the movie and I didn't think much of it. It, it just, okay. I don't know. It didn't really do for me what I wanted from Silent Hill. Okay. So, but it was like, yeah, whatever, fine. I'll watch it. Even if it's crappy, I'll watch yeah. it. <laughs> but something you're you're mentioning there with the the comparisons between Resident Evil and Silent Hill, and definitely, you know, I played this and I was like, this is for me. This is the style I'm looking for. This is what I want. 
in in this sort of genre I from see. The deal with horror this basically resident evil you know has like this spooky setting and all but the scares are mainly either grotesquery or jump scares silent hill through all of its different components the the fog the music the setting the sort of descent into madness it just gets under your skin you feel uncomfortable for the entirety of the experience but in such a way that you still kind of love it for it i mean dude i listen to the darkest metal you can fucking mm. imagine you know <laughs> like i like dark shit for yeah. sure mortal Kombat, all that stuff mm. i this one just passed me by somehow maybe i should have given it another shot you know i, I just think that, i didn't I grow up with also, Hill, really i think it also like i said there were the all these things all those things that inspired silent hill really were things that had resonated with me in the past and so yeah. to see them sort of synthesized into this experience really worked well. Have you ever seen The Changeling with, um, what's his face? I never have. I, I've heard of that, but yeah, I never that, saw it. It was, a, it was a really, really good horror film that I was watching with my friend, the one who had the Saturn uh, one night on like WPIX late night movie. And he was like, this is scary. I don't want to watch it. I'm just going to go to sleep. And I was like, is it cool if I watch it? He was like, yeah, it's fine. I'll just turn the other way. You know what creepy game? Speaking of Saturn, I got into mm -hmm. D. Mm -hmm. D was yeah, good. D looked really cool, but I never got a hold of it. I, I think until way too late, and then I just was like, "Hey." Eh. There was a like a talks for D two to come out on. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember them talking about the three DO M two? Yes, it was the second three <laughs> DO system that that D two was supposed to come out on that or something, and then M two was scrapped, and then. That came yep. out on Dreamcast or some shit afterwards, but yeah. I, I I had totally blocked that M2 knowledge out of my mind up until like two years ago, and I was reading on a retro game website, and I was like, oh my fucking god, I forgot about the fucking yeah, M2. I, I remember reading about it, and I was like, 3DO is coming out with this new system. I told my grandparents, hey, this system sounds really cool. You should uh, pick up some of the stock for 3DO, and they did. And the stock shot up and I, I remember coming back for the next vacation, like sometime, like at the end of the year or whatever. And I was like, Hey, so you guys made some money with that 3DO. And they were like, what? Nah, we took a beating. And I was like, but how it went from like $3 to $15 a share. And they're like, yeah, we held it and it dropped. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't tell you guys that what I meant was like, you sell it when it's high. I didn't think I needed to tell them that. <laughs> but, they should you know. they should know but you know, they also yeah. didn't know it was going to like totally yeah. crap out they were they were very much bear market investors you know which is you know the, the better way to do things but i yeah. didn't i did not well i was a teenager i did not clarify to them that i was like you're gonna see a quick good profit on this but then of course everything fell through so yeah. did you have a 3do no i did not i always wanted I one either. because it's they were the first to have the super turbo home version with a six button controller. <laughs> oh, that plus um, no. Gex was home on 3DO first. Oh, remember that? That was like their yeah. mascot for a little bit. Yeah, that's Gex. true. Gex but before was good. we go on, I'm sorry. Yeah. I realize now, like, I haven't talked enough about Silent Hill. I've talked about so much that surrounds I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm bringing it because I, I don't, maybe because I don't know much about the actual yeah. game itself. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's, sorry about that. The thing is, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. There is so much that goes into it, yeah. and it. And it is so effective because it draws from all the right sources, but it also does its own things in the right way. It's like 
there's this mystery town. Of course, I'm from I'm from the East Coast. So like it's got that New England feel. You know, it right. does say I think it does say that it's actually uh, a lake or whatever, but it doesn't necessarily feel that way. It feels more like oceanfront with the fog. But Massachusetts or some shit. Yeah. Like Resident Evil and Silent Hill took different approaches to dealing with the limitations of the hardware and Resident Evil sections you off in your per room, you know, and you have the door transitions. But like there's no open world, really no town to run around in Resident Evil. But Silent Hill does have that. And you can't you can't uh. run it. You can't run it on a PlayStation. And so the fog was born. And then it was it ended up being like the defining characteristic. <laughs> it's oh, that's a beautiful cool. thing. It works so well. But there's so much. And the sound design is really so huge in Silent Hill. When you first are encountering enemies, you get this radio. And the radio, but you don't know. You just, you're in the diner or whatever, and you hear the static start to come over the radio. And it's really unsettling. Yeah. And you don't know what it is. And then like this demon thing bursts through the window. And when you kill it with your, you know, dinky pistol or whatever and you're a bad shot the static stops and there's just this moment of like oh my god wait a second the static is responding to the presence of enemies and you pick that up and that carries through the whole game you carry that radio on you and every time there's an enemy nearby that static goes and it and it unsettles you and it feels so good it's like this is the horror is just this constant tension and okay. that's, that's what I love about Silent Hill. There's it's there's not like people getting chopped up. It's not about a jump scare. It's really all about like, I don't feel comfortable here, but this other world feels something really intriguing to me. And that's the beauty of Silent Hill for me. Do the other games have more straightforward stories? Uh, well, Silent Hill 2, I think, is more definitely a tighter stronger strip more straightforward story but i don't think that you can necessarily understand all of it um in a playthrough and the same goes for the original right like you have to play through them multiple times you have to really explore and read the stuff that's there and there's stuff that you also have to sort of interpret and intuit yeah. on your own okay. so people have different opinions about what's happening and and you know there's this agreed upon sort of synopsis but but i think there's still enough that's open to interpretation okay now silent hill 3 i don't really remember that much i i don't feel like silent hill 3 was all that memorable and silent hill 4 i got hold of it but uh i never actually beat it i only played a little bit and so one's the best uh i think that two is the strongest overall but one is the one that like obviously made it all work for me and when silent hill 2 came along that was like oh thank god i finally have a game on the playstation 2 because there was nothing prior to that that i was interested in i never had a ps2 man <laughs> I, that was a, that was the silent generation for me uh mm. but that's for another episode maybe like if we did a ps2 episode i'd almost be at a loss <laughs> i gotta i gotta be honest with you man um, so sorry to take so long for the number three game on my list. Oh, uh, that's like, okay. This, this game is is in me. It is a part of me. And like it doesn't even matter what the story was or anything. It's just I love and respect it so much. <laughs> I like horror. 
And I like atmosphere. Well, like whenever, mm-hmm. if you ever seen like Brave World or whatever, the, the Terrence Malick uh, film. No, I haven't seen that. It's uh, I, about... I don't I don't usually go for horror. So like okay. the, the few films like Jacob's Ladder and, and the James yeah. and stuff that really, really affected me are are sort of influencing this. And it all it's all on the same wavelength and it just works for me. But ba- basically, I, I, like what I'm well, like with the Brave World is not a horror film. It's like a historical drama. But mm-hmm. it's like I think it's Terrence Malick and he's kind of experimental. But mm-hmm. it's, it's experimental and, and very atmospheric. But still, the story is like kind of all there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, as long as the story is there and I can follow it, I'm cool. It can be artistic. If you watch Brave World, I think Christian Bale. No, 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 no. I can't remember who's in it. Yeah, Christian Bale's in it, and like it's Pocahontas and John Smith, very realistic version of the story. The actress was huh. literally 14 in the role. Huh. Uh, yeah, good movie. And you can see if you watch that, you're like, okay, you do like some artistic shit. I like Lost in Translation. <laughs> I like Breathless, mm-hmm. uh, French New Wave films. But when it comes mm-hmm. to Lynch, man, I just have a, such a problem for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I would say the most straightforward, but still very Lynchian film to watch that you might uh, enjoy is Wild at Heart. It's kind of a kind of an action and adventure take on Wizard of Oz, but very Lynch. Okay, let's give that one a shot. (laughs) Okay, I will. All right, we're gonna move on to what my number two. Okay. Oh. Well, to Castlevania Symphony of the Night, it came out <laughs> of nowhere, really. And honestly, dude, I didn't grow up with the other Castlevanias, man. I, uh, I maybe rented them, mm-hmm. um, but they never clicked. Uh, like the whip was cool, but I tell you what's being cool with a vampire hunter is a vampire himself. <laughs> uh, th- this game, like, was kind of a sleeper hit. Um, and like I said in an episode on the actual show here on the free on Gaming Gaiden, non-Patreon mm-hmm. show, my friend came over and he was like, it was it was like probably November, and he was like, can you help me with my Christmas list? And I had already made one for him. And <laughs> I kind of put this game on a limb. Like I was like, eh, you know, he'll probably like it. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. uh, he, he was generally like, he liked Armored Core. He liked Command and Conquer. He was a strategy guy. Yeah, it's like heavy sim type stuff. He oh. likes sims, more realistic kind of stuff generally. Eventually, mm-hmm. he would go on to be an FPS guy, mainly with Destiny these days. Uh, <laughs> a lot but, of people are. Yeah, so, you know, he liked that kind of stuff. He hated fighting games, dude. He was not my friend mm-hmm. for fighting games. <laughs> so, um Basically, yeah, it was just a perfect. It's a perfect game. It's a ten out of ten. Uh, mm-hmm. I I absolutely it. agree. I, I'd give this a twenty out of ten if that were possible. Like I just absolutely am thoroughly enamored with this game. The sprite work, uh, the way it looks, the music's incredible. Um, again, we're talking about power ups, right? The power ups are great. How often do you get to turn into mist, a wolf, a bat? You know, all these things. I I really love that in games. I'm starting to find out the more I think about it, like altered beasts and shit. Yeah. I just think, I think it's great. Like turning into a bat right here on the video. Uh, And like, I, (laughs) I didn't grow up with 
I didn't do Super Metroid because at the time when Super Metroid came out, I was too young mm. to really like, to me, video games are going left to right. And mm -hmm. so to have different, like different ways to go and I was bad at directions. So like, I just, I couldn't handle it. But when this came out, I was like, fuck, this game is really good. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, me and my friend, we loved this game. We 200% of it. Um, again, it had extra life for me because when I got my GDPQ9, that's dead now, <laughs> I played it again and 200% of it again. And mm -hmm. I was taking the train in LA to work um, during some of the poorest times of my life, mm -hmm. uh, going from like, God, Alhambra, which is very East LA, to fucking Santa Monica on the train. This is an hour and a half drive. It's an hour, a little bit over an hour and a half with a train. Damn, yo. And it's a rough commute. One, one, yeah, one guy was looking at me playing. He was like, oh, dude, that game is awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he saw me play it. And I was like, yeah, it's fucking sweet. And dude, and I, you know, at this job, I was never caught. But mm -hmm. I would go to the bathroom and take long shits playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> Boss oh, makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what was happening at that time. But, uh, <laughs> dude, yeah. this co the cover art is the, like the only thing that might not be like a total 10 out of 10. I mean, it's nostalgic. But if you look at some of the other art for the game, it's mm -hmm. it's it's a lot better but yeah it's the character of, art that's like on the japanese edition and stuff of alucard like it's absolutely gorgeous it's I, way better you know this is the cover art i knew you know it's a, it's yeah. for those who are not familiar the north american box art is simply a shot of the castle the castle is almost fully black you see like the purplish bluish night sky some lightning coming down in the moon which is you know it's very evocative of the actual scenes in the game, right? The castle itself, but it also is kind of dull. It's kind of dry compared to the character art that's featured on the Japanese edition. I, I think yeah. the, the uh, PAL edition is the same and has the same as the Japanese. I think I could be wrong about that though. But yeah, yeah. now this game is an absolute thing of beauty. Um, and I can remember getting hold of it. Like I played Castlevania. I loved the original Castlevania on the NES. I thought it was too hard. I never beat it. I would just go play as long as I could, you know, like, oh, I made it to Frankenstein this time or whatever. Um, I loved Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. A lot of people didn't like that one. I loved it, though, because one of the things that always comes up for me, right? I can beat it. I can take my time with it. I can save my progress. And I did that right. with Castlevania 2. Okay. Castlevania 3, I never got a hold of because I think it came a little bit later for me. I, I don't think that I was getting NES games anymore at that time. So I always kind of hoped that a friend would have it and I could borrow it, but nobody I knew ever got it. Okay. Um, Super Castlevania 4 was pretty cool, but I don't know. It didn't impress me as much as, say, Castlevania 1 did at its time, even though those the Mode 7 stuff didn't really do anything for me in that game. I, but I thought it was cool. It just, I don't know. It felt kind of pale, like the color palette wasn't quite right and all that. And and again, I couldn't I didn't care about a password save. I wasn't going to do that because I didn't even own it. I was borrowing it from people. So uh, whatever. Yeah. When this came along, I was a freshman in college 
And I remember taking the bus to go to uh, the Short Hills Mall in New Jersey, <laughs> represent. Okay. Uh, and I would go to the electronics <laughs> boutique there because they had a policy um, where you could return opened games. So like, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have many options. The, the rental, the rental options in my area for college were abysmal. I don't remember that I could get anything. <laughs> um, so I would go there sometimes and buy a game and just end up returning it being like, this is pretty bad. But I got Castlevania Symphony of the Night and I was like, this looks awesome. Like I'm looking at these graphics, you know, on the back of the box in the store and thinking, this is what I want, right? This is the reason I bought a next gen system. <laughs> to right? me, baby. When I got Rayman, you know, I was like, okay, it was a bit of a. I feel bad a, for you on that one, man. Didn't, didn't work out too well, oh, but I saw no. the graphics on this and I was like, oh, God, this is gorgeous. Look at these fucking graphics. How I don't even curse that often, but this game, like, oh, I saw those graphics and I was just like, this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And I got it and I got it home and I played the hell out of it and I beat it. And then I was stuck because I was like, all right, well, what do I do? I don't have a lot of money. You know, I, and I sold it back to get some other games. And I don't remember what it was. But then I was talking with some other people who started playing it, too, when I was in college. And I was like, wait, what do you what do you what do you mean? Like, what do you the castle was upside down? There's Dude, I had no idea. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. I had played through it like with the bad ending or whatever. And thought that I had beaten it because most of the Castlevania games weren't all that long. You know, you probably right. played about, I mean, if you're a first time player, it's probably about seven or eight hours to reach that point to get the bad ending. And I was like, satisfied, like, okay, that was, that was a great game. That was phenomenally good. And then people were telling me other stuff about it. And so the, then I had to figure it out. I was like, well, I need to buy this game again. <laughs> and I went you and I bought it again. Yeah. I had oh already God. sold it. <laughs> you had your so I bought it again. Well, yeah, memory cards were great for that. Thank you, PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate it. It was no longer tied to the cartridge or anything. You could just right. be like, yeah, I can borrow a friend's game and I don't have to worry about losing my save when I give it back to him. And that's what happened with this. I went back and I bought it and then I was like, nope, never sell this game again. And I did it. I did like the 213% or something. I can't remember. 213. Oh, shit. Is it, yeah, there was some because there was some weird glitch with the sword familiar that like you could be outside of the map and it would count that as coverage. I don't know why I did that stuff. That's not really necessary. And it doesn't really reflect the actual game, I feel, <laughs> when you're doing glitches like that. But everything about this game was just spot on the graphics, the sound, the, the weapons, the abilities, the, the level progression, you know, of the Metroid style stuff. Cause I always loved Metroid on the NES. I could never beat that one. And then I played super Metroid and that was, I absolutely adored that game. And I, so I, I started this, to this love that later in life. This, this Metroid. really, this was like a better super Metroid than super Metroid because it was Castlevania. I know I could get all my like, See, again, I don't like horror stuff, but I do really like sort of the classic universal movie monsters and stuff that, you know, is now we have the word spoopy to sort of apply to that. And spoopy. I think that that's really great. Yeah. What's spoopy? Oh, you haven't heard that? It's like, no. it's like spooky, but kind of playful and maybe a little kitty. I used to call this like horror light, you know? I see. Yeah. Like it's a, more, like it's a more spooky do is kind of, of spoopy. 
Yeah, it's more of a look than it is actually scary. Yeah, so it's kind of like cartoon kitty goth almost. Like, I don't know, but it just, it felt great. And I, I loved everything about it. I so. mean, we're looking at, like, as far as Metroidvania, the genre, it's this mm -hmm. game and Super Metroid are the two classics. Other, yeah. I mean, there might be others that are close, but yeah. I don't think they've gotten, they kind of made the best of this genre here. Uh, yeah. And when I when I was playing uh, things on the GPD Q9, Mm -hmm. I also went back and played all the ones on the Game Boy Advance, which are really good. Oh, I love them, yeah. Not quite to this level, but they're good. They're right. very good. Yeah. I think that the I for a while I was thinking that I didn't like Metroidvanias anymore. Maybe I maybe this is just not for me anymore. Maybe I've grown out of this. Um, but then I played Ritual of the Night, uh Bloodstained. Is that good? That's why it's by a guy that made by, this game, right? It's by Koji Igarashi, yep, who was the one to make this game. And and he did all the Game Boy Advance and DS games. And it's like, no, I guess I just like when he does things because he does them well. <laughs> it's a, it's so, a great genre. It mixes the best of RPG and platforming, yeah. man. Yeah, like I hear about these other games, you know, other, you know, would-be contenders like Hollow Knight and stuff. And I'm just like, I played them. And I'm like, no, they're just, they're missing something. I don't know what's missing. Right. For me, it's basically the quality. And I don't know why that is, but Igarashi's got it. Because <laughs> Ritual of the Night, I played about 45 hours of that. I think I bought that, but I didn't ever like, get far in it. I think I, it was one of those times where I bought it while I was playing something else mm -hmm. and kept playing that thing and then forgot I had bought bought that thing. <laughs> <laughs> bought, bought, bought the Bought the other game ritual of the night and mm -hmm. then by the time i had time to play that something else had come out or something so yeah i know how that goes absolutely yeah <laughs> but yeah ritual of the night i really loved it and uh it's all because it, why do i love it because symphony of the night is a great game that's why i loved it <laughs> you know it's it's i mean if you put like the top games of all time all mm -hmm. categories all systems this is yeah. on the top 10 list probably i yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. Ma mario it, mario 3 super mario world this one it deserves to be there absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so we're gonna move on to your honorable mention right no no we're gonna do my number two. Oh, i'm sorry i'm terrible i'm I'm bad. Right. I did. I only did Silent Hill. We just talked about it for an hour. Oh, oh <laughs> my God. So, sorry. That's okay. No problem. I thought we were going to fill this up. Here we go. <laughs> this is it. Bushido Blade. Oh, this game. Again, this is, it's funny because a lot of these, a lot of PlayStation memories are tied to my friend from college. Uh, this one guy that we played all this stuff together. And he's the one that I play Bushido Blade with. We play sets to 100. You know, first person oh, to 100, right. first person right, to 50. Right. For those who are not familiar with Bushido Blade, it is kind of a 1v1 fighting game. It's it's 3D. It's fully 3D, but you play generally the camera moves so that you're doing like a 2D side scrolling kind of thing. Sorry, like yeah. Fighter. The video I have here, it's I think it's just the first person there's, mode. There's also a first person mode, which is a, a cool feature, but that's not really the way to play. Yeah. And basically... You have, it's one shot can kill with the sword. 
or whatever weapon you have. So it's designed so that you have, I think, six characters, and they're all different, basically, weights and speeds. So it's a little, a little tick on each box in the other way. So that's like your slider. And then you have the different weapons, but each character also has specialties with the weapons. You could have the Naginata, like I think uh, Mikado is the lightweight woman who's also pretty quick, but she uses the longest range weapon. So we used to play, just do the middle weights and pick the katana, because what else are you going to do, really? Right? It's got to be the sword. Right. And like, there, yeah, you just, you have a parry button that's kind of like an all purpose defensive option but it doesn't always work exactly the way you want it to. Sometimes the if the opponent is heavier than you, you get knocked back and you need to do the roll. I just, and there's there's different stances, the high, medium, and low, and like they all balance each other. I just feel like there's just such a perfect um, crafting of the rock, scissor, paper to everything about this game. And even if you're not aware of it, it's still an amazing thing to just play a an absolutely pure fighting game where one hit is the kill. Oh yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, I, I don't really feel like we've seen much else uh, like it since then. And like Tenchu, where is this now? Please, please work on this. <laughs> so if there's a spiritual successor to this game, apparently mm-hmm. I forget the name of it, but yeah, I, I saw recently last week coming along. God, yeah. I hope that works out. Um, it looks like it might be a little more uh, complicated, maybe not as pure, as streamlined as this is. Yeah. But, you know, at this point, I'll take anything, man. The storyline <laughs> was also interesting, too. Each character had their own uh, story progression. And when you played in the one player mode, like if you sometimes you can get a hit that's non lethal and you'll come back in the next match and there's like a bandage on your arm or something. Yeah. If you kill someone without honor, like the story progresses differently, right? Okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's really unique. And to this day, I feel like we just haven't really gotten much else like it. There was a sequel to Bushido Blade. It changed up the combat system in ways that I didn't really like. Maybe they were more authentic, but I didn't like them as much. Um, and then I think the developers went on to make another game that might have been might have been called Kengo or something, and it just didn't feel right. Um, and then it dropped off. Never heard from again. But I'll tell you, we we took this. Um, that friend from college and I would go to a Magfest, this big like music and gaming festival in the D.C. Maryland area, and we popped this on the TV. And most people had never heard of it, never seen it, and they would come sit down and start playing it with us. <laughs> You just awesome. get a, you end up with like a crew of like 10 people being like, oh, <laughs> it was great. It's a beautiful game and it deserves better. <laughs> yeah. It, everybody that played this game back in the day, it, it, since it's been gone, it's kind of left a hole in people's hearts that people mm-hmm. still want to fill. I think it's uh, I had this game. I had the sequel too. Um, we loved it as well. Um, it was one of those games that I don't know if my friend that hated fighting games played it, but I had other friends that weren't into fighting games that could play mm-hmm. this. I think mm-hmm. people get don't like like how crazy fi- some fighting games are, like Marvel versus Capcom, or yeah, yeah, it's overwhelming. Street, uh, street Fighters so even overwhelming to some people, but this was mm-hmm. like not overwhelming, so people got into this. Um, mm-hmm. And 
you know, one hit kills is, is really cool. Um, it was surprising how well this worked. And uh, yeah, this, I mean, Squaresoft too, they were actually trying other stuff other than RPGs for a while. Which yeah, the great. PlayStation era was really nice for that. A lot of experimentation. It was really great. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, and the thing is like, I feel like where Tenshu was the ninja game, right? Bushido yeah. Blade really provided that similar, very authentic feeling Japanese experience. Samurai. samurai. Oh, yeah, yeah. Samurai, samurai experience. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I could see that. These graphics look better than I remember, too. Maybe they're up -rezzed. Uh Yeah, that's a little up -rezzed, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I could see this. This this might be on, like, if we had a... I like this game, but I would maybe put it in my top 20 or something. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. Just because... When I play a fighting game, I know you're a big fighting game fan too, but mm -hmm. when I play a fighting game, I kind of just want like a more traditional Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat kind of experience. It, you know, yeah. if I had my druthers. It was I cool to see this happen though. I that's like the this thing. Like, this feels like a fighting game, but at the same time, it's also very much its own thing. It's a simulator. Yeah. The one hit kill and just, it's... It's really, and this is really best played. You know, you go through the story, you have a good time, you know, whatever it is. This is really best played with another friend who understands the mechanics and the two of you can just play for an hour, you know? I, I don't know what my gaming life would have been like if I didn't have younger brothers, man. Like playing, <laughs> like I'm not sure if I would have been into fighting games as much because mm. I always had an opponent right there. Yeah, it was definitely for me, uh, it was difficult, you know, when I was growing up in, in the Bronx, you know, I had, I had some good friends who played Street Fighter and one of them, he still plays and, you know, he's way better than I am now, that's for sure. But like, back then, you know, we always played, we were the sparring partners, and there were some right. other good players in the neighborhood too, that were better than I was, and he'd aspire to beat them and I was aspiring to beat him. But once I went to high school, and for the most part, I was better than everyone there for quite a while i just kind of dropped off because nobody wanted to play like nobody played them beyond casual level so These fighting games are the most polarizing genre i feel like and the most misunderstood yeah yeah it was it was really rare to find somebody who would really sit down and play after after the days of the arcade and like eighth grade and before that <laughs> exactly all right, so we're going to move to my honorable mentions, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, this is your honorable mention. Hold on. Oh. I skipped it. I went out of Spoiler. order. Spoiler. <laughs> we won't spoil it for the people listening. <laughs> you yeah. don't get to hear yet. Oh, why do I have Tenshu here again? Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I, I made this in a rush, I think. So, anyway, so I... Dude, PlayStation has so many, man. I had a hard time. <laughs> and the Tenshu spot here, I would put Final Fantasy VII because that was absolutely groundbreaking. And mm -hmm. it was the first RPG I actually got into. And it was mainly because of how cinematic it was and how big yeah. of a jump it was and how I love the spells. I could watch those spells over and over and over. I love you the had spells. To. <laughs> you, you kind of had to, but that was for me. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it uh, was cool. And then it, it brought a lot of people in. I'll tell you that. There were a lot of people when, when Final Fantasy VII, which actually got television advertisements on like Sunday night when you had like The Simpsons and King of the Hill and all that stuff. 
yeah people would would people were asking me like hey i know you're big on games like what can you tell me about this final fantasy 7 like what's 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 the deal with playstation you know like they would see that commercial and be like right. that looks pretty cool what is this <laughs> right 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 yeah it was groundbreaking in every way it was mm -hmm. it was so good um sephiroth great villain uh also and the big uh, shift from nintendo because they didn't want to do they couldn't yes. do it on the cartridges that's the thing and the thing is like i was i was aware of all that but i was just not a rpg guy up until seven hmm. you know i i i've heard i'd heard people liked them and i didn't have a lot of friends that played rpgs either at least they didn't talk about it mm -hmm. so you know that's uh yeah yeah no, that, that was, was huge. my experience it was it was huge it felt huge um so i have command and conquer red alert on here uh mm. mainly for the memories i mean mm -hmm. it's it's still it's, it still holds up but it's just like so this is my friend that loved strategy games, my best friend mm -hmm. growing up. We, at this point, we both had PlayStations. We would go and take mine or he, he would take his to my house. We mm -hmm. had the PlayStation link cable. We oh, get two, that's beautiful. Two TVs. We used the PlayStation mouse. And <laughs> we would have a treaty. We would build up our base our bases for God, you're talking like three hours or something, <laughs> you know, especially in the summer when you're a kid, like mm -hmm. build up for three fucking hours or more, dude. <laughs> and then would be like, okay, you're ready to attack. Yeah. All right, let's do it. And then he would destroy my ass in like fucking less than five <laughs> minutes, man. Like he, he was, I was the fighting game guy and he sucked mm -hmm. like hell at those, but he, he really knew his shit with this stuff. At least when we were kids, I don't know what yeah. he's like now, but, but, uh, Oh, it even says mouse and link cable here on the thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this was, yeah, they that's so that genre is something that I am terrible at. I, okay. I actually, I was never a strategy gamer and basically like the strategy that goes into fighting games for the most part for me, is reaction based on repeated experience. So yeah. losing losing is my teacher really in fighting games. And I do it a lot. I lose a whole lot <laughs> and I still yeah. enjoy it. It doesn't matter to me. But with uh, games like Command and Conquer, uh, Starcraft, that whole um, real-time strategy genre, I, I have a lot of trouble with the fact that I do invest a lot of time trying to build up and then get wrecked, get steamrolled. And it's like, oh, oh yeah. I, what did I do? I, I have no way to get my feedback until much, much later in this game. <laughs> I understand, but I, I look. I don't. I've never played. A I respect bunch them. Of them. I respect the I hell never, out of them. I, I just, I, I just know that I'm not good at them. <laughs> I, I can play them. I'm not the best, mm. but I mean, I like StarCraft too. Uh, StarCraft as well, and Command and Conquer, and I like tower defense games a whole lot. So. Mm uh and like having a treaty with your friend and just having the fun of yeah. building a base was great and it had a metal soundtrack too honestly so it was it had good music so it was it was cool um it was it was just a great game man really mm -hmm. great it was it was mainly because of the link cable with my buddy 
that's like with fighting yeah. games, right? Like if yeah. you have something and you can you can work together on it, like it just makes such a huge difference. If you have a little bit of community, even just that one other person to play with just completely changes it. Would I love Bushido Blade the same if I didn't have my friend that we we still play this many years yeah. later? Probably not. I would have been like, yeah, that was a cool game. I remember it. Instead, right. it's like, yeah, every time we get together, we are looking to play. <laughs> you know right right exactly yeah it was like that and it was i couldn't play fighting games my favorite genre with this guy but i could play mm -hmm. this with him so yeah. that was that was another really great aspect about it. i could play fighting games with my brother but not with my best friend so yeah. you know that was kind of the deal there so um yeah it was great so the next one i'm going to try to run through these mm. <laughs> to ball two I think I almost skipped Toeball 1. I think mm -hmm. maybe, maybe I'd rented it. Toeball 1 came out in America. Toeball 2 mm -hmm. stayed in Japan. Yeah. I was importing games at this time. And, well, <laughs> maybe I don't know what other games I've imported, but I definitely imported this one. And mm -hmm. I think you could play Japanese games via Game Shark or something. Uh, you didn't have to really mod it. You mine, just put a game, mine was game modded. We, I did the soldering iron stuff with my brother-in-law, who was like, he was he was my hero. He was the one who got like the the black box for the cable TV and stuff. Oh wow! Well. He was the one who was always there, like, oh yeah, I got this bootleg, and I was like, <laughs> and he was the one being like, yeah, hey, you know, we we could put a mod chip in that, you know, we get the soldering iron, yeah. So wow, yeah, was I was help. I was not ready to do that. But this game, dude, download it, man, if you can. Acquire yeah. this somehow. Well, I will let me say legally purchase it. Legally. Yes, <laughs> legally purchase this game, please. And uh, basically, it's a fighting game. I remember it. it's a Squaresoft game. Dude, it controlled yeah. really well. It was a, it handled really well. It's like, damn, Squaresoft's good at this. Mm. And he has like a fireball move. Um, I forget his name. Maybe he is Tobal. I can't remember. But it had like a billion <laughs> characters. It had like so many characters. And there was an RPG element too because uh, mm -hmm. it was square. And it was just like, and you didn't have to read a whole bunch though because mm -hmm. uh, it was a fighting game. And it was just like, wow, importing games is awesome. So when I look back at PlayStation, <laughs> my memories of PlayStation, uh, it might not be the best fighting game ever, but it was pretty good. And it was just great to be like, wow, a game mm -hmm. from Japan. No one has this. I'm in Alabama. You know, <laughs> I was probably yeah. the only fucking person in the state with this goddamn game. <laughs> so just great. And then finally, yeah. Metal Gear Solid. Dude, it was a landmark game. Mm -hmm. You know, moments like changing the controller with Psycho Mantis, mm -hmm. you know, reading your mind and you have to switch controller slots and the guy that's uh that has uh what you call it like diarrhea he's got to take a shit real, <laughs> yeah. real fast uh mm -hmm. just so cinematic and opening credits like a movie it, mm -hmm. it was a it was kind of a turning point in games we talked about this with with blaustein not sure when that comes out mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's going to be part of season one and uh what can you do? It's one of the best. And then real quick, other ones, Vandal Hearts, Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> Parappa the Rapper is, is another one for me as well. And uh, 
God, dude, it's just chock full. It was chock full, yeah. man. <laughs> right, yeah, Metal Gear Solid was big. Metal Gear Solid was was a beautiful thing. It definitely was. I I played through that repeatedly. I, I wow. you know four or five Great times, music. whatever it was. I got that like invisibility camo. Um, I was doing things, just trying them all out. I really was impressed with this game. I had a great time with it. I think it was the first game that I used the uh, the rumble in or whatever, the dual shock. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it just I, I don't remember that before that. I feel like I must have read in a review my friend in college who was the one who owned this game, and I borrowed it from him. Same person with Silent Hill and everything. Yeah. Um, he used to get PlayStation Magazine. I think it was PSM. And, yeah. Oh, and yeah. And they had they had something in there about like, oh, you should play this with the rumble, like it's pretty cool and stuff. And then, yeah, I they had the Japanese that. demo in uh, <laughs> PSM magazine. I remember. Oh well, that must maybe it was different then because it wasn't. I don't think it was the official magazine, or maybe it was. I don't know. It could I wish have been I could two separate now. two separate issues, man. I don't know. I didn't subscribe to PSM, mm-hmm. or maybe I did for a little bit, but I remember it wasn't as regular as EGM for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but PSM yeah. was a good one. I remember I liked that one enough. It was mainly because, you know, my friend subscribed to it. So like uh, that meant I had access to it and I could read it because <laughs> I didn't right. have anything. Uh, but yeah, no, it was good. Metal Gear Solid was definitely some, some really impressive stuff. And it really, really strongly cemented the, the PlayStation as like the home of this modern cinematic approach to gaming. It It's, landmark in gaming it was defining moment in playstation but in gaming in general as well and again uh, we got to give props to blaustein on that writing like oh it was, yeah it didn't you know so many games were you know they just they did what they could and stuff was kind of hokey or whatever at times the translations were a bit off but like metal gear just every character's voice and i don't mean the voice actors i mean like their writing voice the tone of of their speech and characterization was just so strong it just all came through so well vulcan raven psycho mantis like everybody just was so distinctive and so well written it felt great and that's why you remember them you know 25 years later or whatever Great game, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I loved it. I beat it like immediately. I think probably over a weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't beat like every game I had, but that was that was one of them. It was just it was just great all around. Mm-hmm. Oh, other ones, Resident Evil one and two, of course. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a, there's just shitload. It was a real landmark. Maybe we got to do a top twenty uh, PlayStation someday. <laughs> Dude, it's so killer. All right, we'll go to yours now. Here we go. All Mike's right. Hidden Gem. I mean, not Hidden Gem. Right. Honorable my, my honorable mention. Okay. Parappa the Rapper. So this is an interesting one for me because I first played Parappa the Rapper, I think in my freshman year of college. Uh, I was, there was a guy, there was like a mentorship program. A friend of mine had this mentor in the medical uh, sciences program who was a senior and his friend was doing a study of video game violence for one of his classes, and he needed people to play games and give feedback on it for his research, whatever. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll help, because he knew I played games. So I went, and and he had me sit down and play Parappa the Rapper, and I had never seen it. And I started playing, and I got really frustrated because the timings on the button presses 
felt really unclear to me. Now I'm bad at music games. We've I've learned this since then. This was my first real experience with playing a rhythm <laughs> game. I'm bad at them. I'm definitely okay. not good at them. But I didn't know that at the time. So I'm thinking like, I mean, I know how to play games. Like I can see what I'm supposed to do on the screen. I need to press triangle, triangle, triangle. Like it's not rocket science here. But why isn't it working? <laughs> why am I getting this wrong? Why am I rapping awful? So I basically just wrote it off. I was like, okay, the, the presentation is cool. The, the music is really catchy. I, I think it's good. I love this character design, but I can't play this. And that's it. I forgot about it. I never went back to it. I did have a friend in college who liked it and he would joke about it. You know, he'd be like, kick, punch, it's all in the mind. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know what rap is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't play it. Okay, fast forward a little bit. I'm in Japan. 2001 things start happening with a parappa sequel coming and everything i get my i get my first cell phone and uh, i proceed to break it i get into the i'm getting into the car of uh my like principal or whatever and it just falls out of my pocket gets caught between the door great oh my god and first experience owning a cell phone it was less than a week i had it probably Oh my get God. back to the shop and now it's like okay well i'm looking at other models because maybe that one's not good to keep in my pocket or something and i find this little like clamshell phone from sony it's really cool i i, I should look this up i don't know what it was but it was like a blue little flip phone with an extendable antenna and it had parappa on it <laughs> so like there was all these like sound bites and uh, music bits from parappa and the the like what we would call a lock screen now or whatever wallpaper display was Parappa and you could change it to different characters. And between that and Parappa two coming along, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time. So I, I went back and I got Parappa the rapper at one of the game shops in Japan, dude, game shops, use game shops in Japan. If you're, if you've never been to Japan, like you're not ready for this. Like you mm -hmm. just don't understand. Americans treat their games like crap. It's so difficult to deal with when you try to rent games or you're you're going to buy used games. You find there are scratches all over them. The case is all tattered and torn or beat yeah. to hell. Yeah. You go to Japan, you could find like pristine condition yeah. at, at, at chump change prices and yeah. then just go and play it. And I remember Parappa, I was thinking Parappa the Rapper is an old game. At this point, it was from like 97 or 98, I think. And still, I went in there and it was like, good as new. Good as new, got it home. And then I played the hell out of it. And I was like, it's working now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm learning its rhythms. It's still, I'd still say like, this is a difficult game and it's a very weird in its timings. I think maybe there are some problems, but it didn't matter. I figured it out. I worked it out and I really had a great time with it. And so it wasn't until Parappa reached me in those other ways that I went back to it. And I think if I had been in America, I'm not sure if I would have been able to get, um, a good copy of it. I don't think it had very high print runs or anything in America. So I'm not sure if it's easy to get a hold of an American copy. I had it when it first came out. Yeah. If you get it when you first comes out, it's not that big a deal. But like yeah. if you're trying to get stuff used after the fact, it's just like right. Ugh. You know? And I can remember too, like at that same time frame, 2001, I bought Chrono Trigger and Dragon Quest Six and Final Fantasy Six all 
in the Super Famicom boxes with the manuals, even the registration cards and stuff, and they all cost like nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I was like, oh, I can't get the American ones, but I'll take this and maybe someday I'll learn Japanese and, and it'll work out. But Is yeah. the Japanese version also in English? Yeah. Yeah, the okay. singing is in English. I, I think yeah, some yeah. of the menu stuff might have been in another language. I might have had the option to change it, but like whatever it was, it was not an obstacle. I was able okay. to play it just fine. And I'm pretty sure Parappa 2 was also in English. So, okay. and then I eventually got Umjammer Lammy and stuff too. But Parappa the Rapper, I couldn't do it at first. And I just wrote it off. And it wasn't until years later that I was first in Japan that it reached me through my cell phone. <laughs> Yeah. And, and this impending sequel um, that I was just like, you know what, let's give this another go. And I ended up loving it. And here I am, you know, this is so many years later, 20 something years later. And I'm still like, yeah, Parappa is awesome. And I've got the soundtracks. I bought the soundtrack to Parappa 1 and Parappa wow. 2 while I was in Japan. And De La Soul is featured on the Parappa 2 soundtrack. They've got some great stuff on there. I didn't know yeah. that. One of, one of De La Soul's best songs is on the Parappa 2 soundtrack. Damn. Uh, yeah. I had this. I got this for Christmas for sure, and I remember nice. beating it within an hour. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty short game, and I, I remember I loved it. I, you know, I, mm. I really liked it, but uh, I, it was like usually I like short games, and I was thinking, man, this is like too short. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I don't have a lot of rhythm either, but I think I probably took on to it better than you did, maybe at first. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I can still remember a kick. Punch, it's all on the mind. If you want to test me, I'm sure you'll find the things I'll teach you. I'm sure, but the things blah, 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 I'll teach you are sure to beat sure you. To, sure to beat you. Nevertheless, you'll get a lesson from teacher. Now kick. Yeah. You know, I remember I remember that shit, man. Like it's stuck, <laughs> it's stuck in me. And fast forward, like in 2018, 2017, or something like that, there was a PlayStation Expo at mm -hmm. in Anaheim, I think, in near LA, right? And mm -hmm. there's a lot of Parappa stuff there. And it was like Sony, PlayStation through the ages. And like another tidal wave of nostalgia washes over me for Parappa. And like when I, I remember leaving that, when I left that um, convention, I felt like reinvigorated. I felt, <laughs> I, felt, I felt like truly in the PlayStation cult in a sense. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, this has always been a Sony only game. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this, I mean, they need to bring this back. I mean, I'm Jammer Lammy really never, it, you know, it was fine, but Parappa was a lot better. I felt like. Yeah. I think it works better with the, the rhythm of a voice that, over the uh, guitar. Right. Right. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't know. I, I have to go back and look at M Jammer Lammy, but I could never, when it was coming out, I just couldn't accept it. I, I only wanted Parappa the Rapper. It just <laughs> like it was trying to take the place of Parappa the Rapper. And it was like, I can't. My heart wasn't having it, Mike. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. There was there was a pretty good metal song in there with the uh, airline pilot. <laughs> was there? I'll check it yeah. out. I had, a, I had a friend that loved it. I had a friend that really loved Om Jammer yeah. Lammy, but I just, I don't yeah. know. No, I think, I think Parappa was better. Both yeah. Parappa 1 and 2 are better than Um Jammer Lammy. But I think Um Jammer Lammy is still cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah. All right. I had a Noom Jammer Lammy uh, alarm clock that uh, <laughs> nice. Geez, it was like a big it was like a big figure of her. My friend had the Parappa clock and I never could get a hold of a Parappa clock. And then, you know, OK, now, these, now ca it's, 
probably 24 years past the production date. So <laughs> look at these colors, these fucking characters. This all pops. Yeah. It's fucking great. Everything about this. Look at this fucking DJ bear guy. Also, he rules That's DJ PJ Berry. This is all, <laughs> this is all Rodney Greenblatt. Um, okay. This particular artist. And I like, I didn't know anything of him before. I don't really know much of him after, but like, what else do you need? This is Parappa. <laughs> he killed it, dude. Yeah. Street Fighter Alpha 3 on PlayStation as well. Uh, that was another great one. Another more honorable mm -hmm. mentions, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, where did that go from? <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm just thinking of more honorable mentions. All right, we're going to move to number one, right? Your, your number one, you want to do a recap before you oh, number one? Yeah, we, I your do games? have it. I have the recap. So we'll do the recap, everybody. So I'm going to go all the way back. So mine... My number three was Tenshu, mm. and your number three was, oh my God, please change the goddamn. Oh, that's okay. I'll do my number three. I'll just say it afterwards. You can okay. go through and do yours. Your, your number three was Silent Hill. I'm just going to mm. go in the order of the slides. Okay. I think what this is is the pause here. Okay. <laughs> then my number two was Castlevania, Symphony of mm. the Night. And then your number two was Bushido Blade. Mm -hmm. And then honorable mentions, I had a bunch, but yours was Parappa the Rapper. Mm -hmm. And mine were just an absolute shitload, but they were, you know, Command and Conquer Red Alert, Toe Ball number two, Metal Gear, Vandal Hearts, and a whole bunch of others. <laughs> it was <laughs> the hardest list, man. Final Fantasy VII. And now moving into my number one, I don't think you're going to, you're not going to guess this, man. <laughs> Built the anticipation here. But my number one is actually Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, man. Wow. So yeah, wow. This is, again, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, the puzzle game that I think had a small arcade run but it was mm -hmm. mainly on PS1. It's a Street Fighter game, but you're playing with like a gym puzzle mechan mechanics. It's a puzzle game. And <laughs> it's just, dude, I've yeah. gone, I keep going back to this game. It's on my PlayStation 5 right now. Mm -hmm. It's I bought it for the Nintendo Switch. It's on my Steam oh, Deck. on the Switch. It is on the Switch and the Street Fighter Collection with all the Darkstalker games and shit. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I can play online matches finally on <laughs> with this game, which fucking rules. I remember Dan Shu loved this game as well on um, from uh, EGM. But mm. it's, the, it's the best puzzle game of all time. It's better than Tetris. Uh, the reason is, like, the more you dish to someone, gives it gives them more... To dish back to you so you keep going back and forth on top mm -hmm. of that you have the street fighter like the street fighter look to it the chibi look but still and whenever you do a move they do a street fighter move to the other guy and then back and forth like that and if you clear a shitload of blocks it'll do a super move there's like a finishing move kind of thing almost um there's a sakura song in this that i've downloaded several times it is cheesy ass j-pop but I love it. Uh, I, it, you know, like I would have loved it when I was 12, probably it's like core me that mm -hmm. love that loves that. 
And uh, like, I'm not normally a puzzle guy, but mm -hmm. I chose this because of replayability. I yeah. continue to play this game throughout the years. And like, I played it when it came out in like 96, 97, and then cut to maybe 2003 or four. I'm in the middle of college and my friend had a modded Xbox. And mm -hmm. so, we would all play this. We had a group of friends that would all play this. So that was the first time of me reconnecting with the game again. The game in 2003 was already nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was reconnecting with it again. And I played this, uh, I played this with Yuka because she likes, she can, she likes puzzle games also as my wife. And like, it's just, it's a perfect game. It's simple. It's great. The graphics pop really everything about it it's just wonderful yeah like it's it's so interesting to me to see how this game just holds up so well and it's like capcom just kind of trying their hand at this puzzle genre you know is what it felt like but then really yeah. just kind of knocking it out of the park <laughs> an absolute classic it's a 10 out of 10 for me um yeah. it's the simplicity it's the pick up and play as well uh you know I had it on my phone too, but they took it off. It was one of those where they they, they delisted the game. They, they delisted it. I was like, "What the fuck?" But you might be able to still get it. There's some things that like you can access your old library and still get it, but it may not be supported on the current OS for it. But yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo. Like I remember this coming along, and it's funny that you put this up because it's like I think for me a lot of the. Um, the Capcom games were available on so many different formats or platforms in the arcade that like, I don't really think of them as PlayStation games unless they were like resident evil say it was like, okay, this is clearly a PlayStation game. There's no arcade form. Eventually it shows up on other systems, but puzzle fighter felt to me like it's kind of everywhere. And uh, yeah, so it's, I think it's an excellent choice. It's just funny because I'm like, yeah, why don't I think of this? And it's like, well, yeah, I, I think because Capcom makes their games available on so many things, I don't think of them. I don't attach them to one system, really. I think it was also on Saturn. Yeah, it was on everything. Yeah. But I, ha I had this on PlayStation specifically. Mm -hmm. And um, I just yeah. know this is a PlayStation game. And also, if we're talking about memories, great yeah. memories. And if we're talking about replayability, essentially unmatched, in my opinion. Uh, so um it's just an excellent game man i don't know what else to say it's so <laughs> fucking good it's one of the best ever yeah i i think that this this is a game that i always liked to keep around i didn't play it as much myself because i'm not very good at this kind of game you know like and this this super puzzle fighter 2 server has a lot more strategy to it than i think people recognize it first like oh looking, yeah looking at the drop patterns of the characters is so important yeah, like yeah, you need to know what you're throwing over at your opponent because, like Andrew said earlier, right? If you throw a whole bunch of gems over there to mess them up, once the timer goes down, those gems are going to be usable to then counterattack you. And yeah. if your pattern contributes to their building up of massive gems, it's just going to come back and bite you in the ass. There's no one really unlocked the fighting, uh, the puzzle game quite like this since then. I mean. Lumines was big on PSP, but 
Mm. I, I don't know, man. Just nothing was ever. I, as yeah, good I as never this. took to that game. Yeah, I like. I I definitely like this better <laughs> than that. But yeah, like I've bought it on like every format and almost every time. Like this is a game that I won't really play by myself. I'll play it with someone else, but it's the kind of game I always keep around for people who don't really play games. Oh, it's sort yeah. of like Tetris in that, right? Like it appeals yeah. to a much broader audience of people who wouldn't normally bother with a game. Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. My wife loves it. She, she will play mm -hmm. some games every now and again, but um, yeah. yeah, the pick up, pick up and play aspect of it. It's just so good. It just, it doesn't get much better than this. I was, I was looking when I was looking through the games and I was saw the resident evils and I saw metal gears and, you know, all the picks that you, you would think of. And I was like, I just had to think to myself, mm -hmm. what has stuck with me over the years <laughs> yeah. in a big, in a big way. And, you know, this is, this is it. This is fucking it. You know, it's just, it's always been there for me. <laughs> <laughs> It's always been there for me, man. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's awesome. No, yeah. I, I like there was always it, there would always be people who surprised me with this. Would be like, oh, you know, I don't really play games, but I really like Puzzle Fighter. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> like I had this one guy I went to school with who whose girlfriend was also like a, a pinball champion. Oh nice. Was, like, pinball tournaments and stuff, and yeah, whenever they'd come to sit down you know in their place they're they're playing this this was like the That's big awesome, go-to game you know someone who plays mainly pinball was like oh i'll play a video game let's play puzzle fighter <laughs> is your wife a gamer at all yeah actually she uh she's gotten into it a lot mainly i think just as a result of uh them being available for her i think okay. that uh you know it's not like she played all that much through her youth but um you know when she was really young they had an nes she didn't really have anything after that, but you know, we played a bunch of games together, like Monkey Island, a couple of years ago and stuff. We've played Diablo together, and it's funny because all of a sudden I see that she's downloading uh, Scum VM and playing like all these King's Quest games and the old uh, oh, Lucas nice. Arts and uh, what do you call it, like the Sherlock Holmes adventure games. So yeah, I, I would introduce her to this man. And again, you could get an online play experience with one of the Street Fighter collections that just came out. It has yeah. like every. I bought them all. <laughs> it's got the Dark Stalkers. It's got Red Earth. I think it has a couple Street Fighter. Oh, it's got Street Fighter Three. Yeah, it's a great collection, dude. It's got Street Fighter Three and Alpha Three mm. with yeah. online play on Switch. So that's a funny thing. You mentioned Alpha 3. You mentioned it before, too. The PlayStation 1 version of Alpha 3, like, I don't usually think of Alpha 3 as a PlayStation 1 game, but I probably played it the most on PS1, and yeah. that game was phenomenal. It ran beautifully. They managed to, whatever they did, cutting frames of animation, I don't know, but it worked, and it played beautifully. The load times were fair, and it had the World Tour mode, which has taken them apparently like 30 years to figure out was cool. And now they're finally going to put it in street fighter six again. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Street fighter is one of those dynasties, dude, just great yeah. gaming. Let's go to your number one, man. All right. Bum, bum, here bum. we go. Oh, let me pause this video here and then here we go. 
Symphony of the Night. Got to double up. <laughs> so what more can I say about this game, really? Uh, it is perfect. It is an absolute thing of beauty. And it's funny because we've we talked about this with Jeremy Blaustein, you know, the writing, the the voice acting being kind of hammy, uh, I think really worked in its favor. I think it gave it sort of a it's like a B movie quality performance that gives it that B movie charm. But the writing is still strong. Like that's good writing. That language is fine. If there were no voice acting, I would have said like, yeah, that's cool. This is this is Castlevania language. I like it. It's kind of highfalutin and funny, and it's definitely uh, right for the material. Definitely. You know, but it's, you know, they go on and live in infamy because the voice performances were a little unusual. <laughs> I don't <laughs> but know why they ever even... changed it, man. It's but like perfect. they could not be there and it doesn't matter. Like the game, you could take all the text out of the game and that's not to diminish the work of the people who did all this, you know, like Blaustein. But you could take all that text out really and just leave the item text in and you're still going to love this because it just feels so good. The moment to moment control of this game is phenomenal. Everything right. feels great. And like if you're someone who likes uh, a quick weapon, there's a weapon in there for you. There's a, there's a whole kit ready for you. If you're someone who likes a heavy, hard hitting weapon and you want to just like get one, two, three shots in to kill someone and then you're just going to take your time with it, it's there. It's in there. You have that option. I loved, I can't remember the name of the item, but eventually the the one that I really loved using was a, a sword that just like created like this weird little blur in front of you. And that was your attack so that I could keep moving while attacking so I could explore more readily. Oh, I love that. But I mean, what a what an odd experience I had with this to buy this game. Think I beat it. Go and find out from other people there's more to it. There's an upside down castle and being like, well, crap. I got to get this game again. This, right. It's probably the only game that I've bought. I've rebought because I realized there was more to it. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And that and that was one of those things that early on, like I had to start thinking like, well, what what am I going to be trading in? What am I going to be selling off? Like, should I really do this? Do I want to keep this game for sure? When will I be able to get this again? Will I be able to get this again? It really, it really changed my perspective on selling games back because at the time I had very little money and I was just like, whatever I can do to get hold of a new game is what I'll do. Right. And that changed things. You know, of course, the other big factor was uh, trading everything in for the PlayStation in the first place and then missing, missing out on a lot of stuff that came out later for the Genesis and uh, Super NES. You know? But Castlevania Symphony of the Night, man, the sound was amazing. The graphics were amazing. The presentation, the storyline, the progression, the leveling. I just loved every single thing about this game. I just That's couldn't great. I couldn't get enough of it. And when they and they they announced originally the um Xbox Live Arcade version, I was like, oh my God, really? Okay, that's cool. Let's do it. And I, you know, I got the uh I got that version and I played through it again. And there's you can play through it as Richter as well. But I like that, don't even that think never, I that. Oh, you know what? That Maybe never appealed to me. I, I did it and I would do it for like a certain period of time and then be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels different. So 
I didn't bother with it. Really. It's got to be Alucard, dude. You need the vampire, yeah. man. Look at how cool his suit is, too. Yeah. It's there just was... playing as Richter is a nice addition. It's a cool bonus, but it's not Symphony of the Night. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the same game. You, you just, it's very different. So, yeah. All the abilities, the, the Super Metroid stuff, you know, like you get this ability, it unlocks access to this other area. And you had, it was a really good map system. You know, it took me some time. And I was, I remember like getting hold of maps to sort of compare them to my map to see where there was like a little outcropping block. So I could go and smash the stone and be like, yes, I found it. Oh, finally, I'm at 197.2%. Oh, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, that's how it was. And man, did I love it. Absolutely. Like, and it's it's great too because like I said with the weapon set you can you can always find something you like but I even found that using the shield set what was that was it the Alucard shield that would like combine with different weapons and stuff to give you different abilities and then eventually you could just use the shield as your weapon and run right through people like there's just so many options oh dude yeah I mean all the great options with RPGs but like in a platformer in a metroidvania yeah. is just yeah it doesn't get much better than this really you know yeah so there's nothing about this game that i don't like and i still am happy to go back and play it you know every so often i'll go on i usually play on the xbox now because i don't have anything set up to play my playstation one copy and i, I don't even think it's here i think it's over in uh my storage unit somewhere <laughs> But uh, if I get the Mr. FPGA uh, and I test the PSX core, I'll probably give this another playthrough. I've heard that there's some some differences for the uh, Xbox Live arcade version. But I mean, I played through it multiple times and they are not anything to worry about. If that's your easiest access, then do it. Just go for it. I think it's oh, it's o- it's almost always on sale. It shows up like every couple of months for like 250 please just buy it and play it if you haven't played it if you haven't played any of these games on here definitely mm-hmm. try to play all of them they're yeah we're looking at like the games we've listed here today are kind of peak gaming you know mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's one of those things where like you know symphony of the night really was like an identifying exclusive of the playstation you know for the people who like that kind of thing because it wasn't i think it was game. on saturn as well you know? And then it showed up on Saturn only in Japan. Oh, really? Okay. It was an inferior version, basically, because the hardware wasn't rendering the like transparencies the same way. And it had some issues. But they did let you play as Maria. Um, I did not know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I I did want to get it at some point, but then I never got hold of it. And it was whatever. I think that the um, PSP version lets you play as Maria, too. But okay. there's some differences there. I think the voice acting is different and all the writing is different. So you lose out on a little bit of that cool charm there. And uh, yeah, so I would say just go for the go for the 360 version that's playable on the Xbox Series X and Xbox One. And it's almost okay. always on sale for like 250 This way you don't have to worry about getting hold of any particular physical copies of anything. It's always there and it's going to be readily available for you for the next five years, at least since it's playable on the series systems. As far as I know, I don't think I've tested it on the series X, but everything I'm pretty sure it's still there and it's playable. Nice. Fucking sweet, man. Yeah. 
What a good game. What a, what a great game. It really was. And yeah. it came so early for me in the PlayStation life cycle. You know? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I was, remember I had, we had a, it was like year three or something, but. Yeah, I remember I was, I had the PlayStation for a bit. You, so you didn't get PlayStation for a while. No, I did get PlayStation, but it was, it just, the games that really hit hard for me didn't oh, come it until took, a little It took later. a bit. You know, I, like I said, I got, I got, it, it would have been shortly after, probably shortly after my birthday and Christmas in 95. So maybe like spring of 96 that I got it, something like that. Yeah, I feel like it was a, it was a fall release, but let me look this up actually. I, I really want to know this. And then, but I got Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I think in like, oh, maybe October 97 or something. Came out March 20th, 97. So, okay i think right. i guess we just waited on this or something so, like I, so i know why I would, there's no way i would have gotten it like march 27th of 97 because i was a senior in high school and i was getting ready for college and everything you know i had finals coming up doing papers right. making sure i got accepted to schools so right. it was when i when i got to college that i went out and i i got hold of this okay yeah well, this has been a fucking awesome list, man. Yeah, you know, PlayStation's big, man. There's so much good stuff on it. <laughs> this is, uh, again, one of the hardest ones. I, uh, You know, like I said before, I was... Like, I was at my kind of my peak gaming years, I think, in mm -hmm. PS1 time. Definitely SNES 2, but it just ramped up a lot with PS1 and Saturn also with all the mm -hmm. fighting games I was playing mm -hmm. on that. Plus Bug, no one remembers Bug on Saturn, <laughs> but I, I loved Bug, good platformer. Uh, but uh, yeah, great memories, love that we've done this. Thank you everybody for being a part of our Patreon. Yeah, this is one of our longer episodes because I talked about Silent Hill for an hour. <laughs> well, I was bringing up a bunch of extra shit also yeah. to talk about, so. yeah. So yeah, but, if you're going to yeah. go back for a Silent Hill, go back to Silent Hill 2. I think that's the stronger installment all around for anyone to go back to. But if you like that, give give Silent Hill some time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess that's going to do it, everybody. Thank you again for being a part of our Patreon, and we will check you guys later. Thank you. Thank you.